Hello and welcome to Gunny Quest episode 311. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Spider Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, fighting in the streets, David McBurney, Pyro Master. And yeah, Street Fighter's what I've been playing with. You, yeah, you knew that sure. already. <laughs> and no gudgeon this week, it looks like. At least not yet. Hopefully yeah. later. But... Uh, <sighs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> before we have to talk about games, we need to talk about spiders. Do we? Versus... I don't have any... I didn't get to see it yet, so... I can just talk briefly about how awesome it is. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, so, honestly, going in, I was mildly worried about this movie. Because if you've read, like, the Spider-Verse comics, it's like... The Spider-Verse movie is way more grounded than the comic series, which just is just total bananas fun stuff. It's fun. It's awesome. It's great. But So the Spider-Verse comic that initially introduced the idea of spider totems. Yes, it was. God and, damn it. And also uh, evil vampires that consume spider totems. on spider people? Yes. Yes, the Spider-Verse thing is weird, but it works. You in take the good comics. with the bad. Right. <laughs> and and crazy stuff like that works in comics. Not necessarily in a movie. So when it, when they were clearly going like more pull-on Spider-Verse, uh, I was a little worried. Uh, and thankfully, I can say, as bonkers and yet emotionally grounded as the first movie was this one is more bonkers and somehow more emotionally grounded than the first movie mm. uh, not really any spoilers but this movie gives Gwen a lot more attention good which is great because she was uh, the highlight of the first one. She was, and what's interesting about this one is, you know, you read about Spider Spider Gwen and read the comics. It's like, oh, this is a cool twist on the origin story, where Spider becomes the lizard, Peter Parker becomes the lizard, trying to become like Gwen. And then when you see that happen in movie form, in a movie that really drives home how fucked up that is. It's something else, let me tell you. Like, I'm there with my kid and, and his friend. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just uh, got something in my eye here. <laughs> I won't yell at you for spoiling that for me, but okay. It's not a spoil. I mean, they they show that in the first movie. They, they just show it in more detail. Yeah, I just didn't know that they were going to go further into detail on it. It's fine. My bad. But it does, it does happen right at the beginning. All right, I won't. Say, I will not say much other than that. Uh, just that <coughs> it's definitely a two-character main character movie, and it's really about them. And for the whole, the benefit of the movie, it's really, really good. And where it leaves it for the next movie is great. So, uh, yeah, all my worries uh, went out the door pretty quick. 
And that's not to say there isn't bonker thing, bonkers things in there, but they work. Just like a lot of, just like, you know, having fucking Spider-Ham in a movie worked. And didn't make it any, any like, the emotional stuff any any less. Because you had Spider-Ham and the character... You had that emotional Spider-Ham content occasionally as yeah. well. <laughs> that's true. Also, and, good morning, Fireminer. And I am looking at those questions right now. And also you had a character animated like someone out of an anime. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, Penny Parker. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I won't say anything else uh, other than the characters already shown in trailers, like Spider-Man India and Spider-Punk, are excellent. Also, good to see Spider-Man 2099 get to have a major uh, appearance in something. <laughs> yes, although I have some questions about him, but I can't say. I'm sure that we'll, you'll get some answers about them in yes. Across the Spider-Verse or whatever the other one's called. Or is it Beyond the Spider-Verse? Beyond the Spider-Verse, I yeah. I can't uh, remember these names. Originally they were like one movie with part one and two, and then they uh, changed it to, so that each of them had a unique title, yeah. but I couldn't tell you which was which. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. I'm sorry for ruining the beginning of the movie for you. But uh, yes. I don't... Honestly, I don't think it's going to be any less like I'm sure it'll still be impactful, impactful despite you as coming as it turns out if a movie if something was worth doing in a movie it's worth doing even if you know it's going to do it yeah <laughs> yeah but, uh, movie is really really good and I can't wait to see what they do and honestly it's going to be a painful wait for the next one but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already yeah. planning to go see it again early next week. I want to see it in IMAX before the Flash movie potentially takes over those theaters. Mm -hmm. Which, the more trailers I see of, the less I am inclined to give a shit. <sighs> I wish that things could be easy for the Flash fans. <laughs> no, uh, speaking of things not being easy for fucking Flash fans. So... There's no Justice League comic currently because they're doing mm -hmm. a whole big Titans comic. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're taking the charge now and whatnot. You know, obviously that's all the old Titans, including the Flash, who was Kid Flash. So imagine my surprise. <laughs> now, now, take, take what I have to say and what am I about to tell you about issue one in stride because they have already announced a uh, re restart of the Flash series coming this September as part of the whole Dawn of DC line. Where because it's, you know, it's been like six months, so they have to reboot DC yeah. again. So Wally West in issue 800 gets like a t slight twist on his powers and he can like go into like sideways dimensions. So anyway, they're, they're, they're teasing they're going to do like some cosmic horror stuff with Wally West. Should be interesting. But it's still okay, Wally. Not, but it's still Wally West, which is important because that's something. As long as we don't have to do the fucking Barry Allen dance yes, again, because <laughs> that's important. Because Titans number one starts with a dying Wally West. <laughs> oh, good. Going to the cosmic treadmill, presumably going back in time to try and stop whatever the hell happened, and then the issue ends with them finding said dead Wally West. 
Okay, sure. Yeah, so... And this is after they already teased him dying earlier in another issue of Flash. So I'm kind of getting sick of this. Somewhere, the the fans who grew up in the Silver Age are still screaming uh, bloody vengeance that it's not still Barry Allen for some reason. I, fuck, I'm, I have had my fill of Barry Allen, and I didn't even grow up with Barry Allen. I only ever it's knew Wally West. It's always very funny that to make... Very more interesting. They usually just give him more and more aspects of Wally West. Yeah. So yeah, uh, um, it, either something weird is fucking going on, or it's just not going to stick. It's just going to be, oh, this is him from the future. Or both. Now they have to, or both. Who the hell knows? Uh, so yeah, I've been waiting for Titans number two to just figure out what what the fuck is the deal with this because I am sick of it. And honestly, we'll see. Uh, issue number 800 of The Flash may be the end of my subscription. I don't know. God damn. No, seriously, if they switch back to Barry Allen, I'm just out. I'm not yeah, interested in reading no, about Barry Allen. No, I had my fill. I like the Flash family. They just gave him a, a third kid. Like, just stop. Like, you can stop now. Just stop, okay? Yeah. Let's let's move on to something less depressing. Yes. Uh, More of the story of fuck Barry Allen. <laughs> so moving on to uh, what we've been playing. <coughs> yes. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. I still haven't started the World Tour mode. I need to do that. It's fun. It's open. You get to run around Metro City. There's a bunch of weirdos. You can press a button and like all, most of them will let you fight them. Uh, some of them are running around with boxes on their heads. Nice. Uh, Fireminer asks if you're going to watch Justice League War World when it comes out. I don't know what that is. I assume it's, it's a direct-to-video yeah, animated movie. Yeah, the next story. animated movie. Um, probably. I mean, the animated movies are usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's a few others I haven't watched yet. Um, highly recommend. Uh, I think it's... Fuck, what the hell's the name of it? It's like Justice League Dark or something. That is a Justice League film. <laughs> I don't know if that's the one I'm thinking of, though, but it's one where Darkseed succeeds invading the Earth and everything is completely fucked. It's very dark, but it's very good, and then it reboots the animated universe. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, also the animated version of Flashpoint extremely good very good adaptation um, and uh, much better than listen the Flash movie may be good it's going to be a not good version of Flashpoint and the like second not good version of Flashpoint for some reason we keep doing this I don't um. get it I don't get it okay so, so moving on uh Stop me from talking about the Flash. Yeah, so so I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Six. Uh, I haven't fully settled on a main yet. Uh, playing. I, I realized I've made a tremendous mistake on one level when I started doing rank placement matches, and I was like, I'm not great at this game. I'll be a novice. And I'm, you know, I start doing placement matches as Manon, and. Realize very quickly that 
Most people in novice ranks have just absolutely no idea how to deal with her. And just like me. Just just trounce like three or four people in the placement ranks. Uh with uh an onslaught of like weird uh long pokes, weird uh mid and low mix-ups, and occasionally just sneaking in uh, command grabs to piss them off. So that was maybe uh, a poor decision on my part. Why did uh, you get ranked too high? <laughs> no, no, I just felt cruel when I started doing like the... when I was just trouncing a bunch of people and it's like, oh, oh, maybe I, maybe I misguessed where I should be putting this if I was going to be playing a character like this. Uh, I'm sure that I will, fight her. I will be cut down to size by the uh, actual ranked matches when I get into those, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, so been been having a great time with that. It's really good. Um, we had a good time on shenanigans playing some of that. Uh, I've got like three or four groups of people that I've been playing it with at various times. So. A, lot of, a lot of variety. Definitely uh, I've played against some people who just obliterate me time and time again, so that's fun. I need to spend some time figuring out Blanca's new moveset. You gotta throw out the Blanca dolls, gotta get used to using those. I know, um, I can't mash up the punch button anymore, I'm sad. You just gotta get used to the quarter circles. Uh, or use modern controls. <laughs> nah, I'm only gonna use modern controls for Zangief. <laughs> I saw a uh, pro-level Street Fighter player uh, enjoying trolling people with modern controls Zangief. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's, it, is, it is a nightmare. Yeah, uh, so that's that's what I've been playing. I'm also continuing to make some progress in Cold Steel 1, hoping to maybe have that done over the weekend, but we'll see what uh, what time and energy permit. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been doing much Legend of Heroes just because Zelda. That's why I was joking. Summer of Falcon. Yes, we'll get there. It's... I'm just saying. Yeah. Once, yeah, once I, got. like, once I like finishing a playthrough, then I settle into like just chill Zelda where I can play here and there, explore and do stuff. Okay. But okay. I'm not quite you. there yet. But yeah, I'm gonna play more Legend of Heroes. I've been messing around with some other random stuff on Switch, but <coughs> uh, honestly, wrapped up a ton of stuff in this season of Destiny Two already, which is very helpful for the summer of. Oh, <laughs> the future of the summer yeah. Falcon. Because, like, they added craftable weapons to one of the old raids, and there was an easy cheese right away where people can just farm getting said craftable weapons, which I partook in and got most of them right away, so that's done. Uh, and they didn't raise, like, the, the power cap, so there's no real grind this season either. Uh, so I'm kind of kind of get the chill. All right, less stuff in Destiny to do. Yeah, Good. I actually am done 
with regular level raids. I got all the craftable weapons from all of them. And now I can just play them for fun on occasion. So that's good. So more Falcom coming soon. And that's, so not, just, that's not just going to be Legend of Heroes this summer. There's going to be some East in there. Finally play through East 5. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or East 4, Dawn of East. And Mask of the Sun. And Memories of Calcutta. Sorry, I'm just being. That's fine. I'm finally finished 9. And, uh. East 3, Wanderers from East. Finally finished that. I don't. I know. Or I can just play Oath and Fulgana again instead. East 3 is also good. Yeah. Which version are we talking about? The turbo version. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good version. Alright, I'll give it another try. Hooray! Um. Uh, yeah, what was I going to say? So yeah, we've got like a lot of news to kind of cover, yeah, so... There, yeah, there was... I, some, of the, some of the questions pertain to it, so... Yeah, I didn't even realize there was a summer game fest thing today until I saw it, like, in my list of live... Sure, most of it was kind of bad, but there was some <laughs> highlights. It was. Uh, New Prince of Persia. Yeah, Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, which is apparently a two-and-a-half-D... With uh, Metroidvania elements. Interesting. Down uh, it looked really good, actually. Uh, that was that was a nice surprise. I think that's due early next year. I just wish uh, it was a sequel to. Um... Oh wait. Yeah, we're not. Ever, we're not. Yeah. I know. And at least it's not just another attempted Sand of Time, Sand of Time reboot. Uh, yeah. It looks really fun. We got another new version of the Prince. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited for more of that. That looks fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. I, I'm excited for the series to come back. I miss it a lot, honestly. Yeah, it's... It's... it's, it's yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff at the like the main summer games fest. Uh, I need to go down this look at a list of things to see if there's anything that I give a shit about. Um, <laughs> New Remnant Two trailer. Yeah, that looked neat. Um, you get that for free. Hooray! By force. <laughs> High <laughs> force. Uh, there's, there's. Uh, I want to bring up the funniest thing. There are now new, just spectacularly ugly Xboxes, courtesy of Porsche. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh wait, uh, I did see that. That's, yeah. <coughs> Gross. Yeah, like rainbows can be nice. Uh, not the way they've <laughs> configured yeah. them. They just kind of don't look very good. Uh, the uh, uh, don't care about whatever this thing is. Remnant Two got a release date. What was that exact release date on Remnant Two? Uh, July twenty fifth. Just in time for my yeah. birthday. Perfect. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday! Play this now. Uh, Nicholas Cage started talking some truly ridiculous shit. 
during his appearance in Dead by Daylight, where he started talking about how when you're playing as him, you and him are fusing. <laughs> it was extraordinarily weird in the most Nicolas Cage fashion imaginable. So that was something to listen to uh, him go on about for like two or three minutes. That was a highlight. Um, He's an interesting dude. Oh, always. Uh, that Pinocchio Bloodborne knockoff continues to get uh, trailers, uh, proving that it is not just like a shit post someone made up. <laughs> Maybe it'll be good. I don't. I mean, it might be good. I don't know. I can't tell. Like, I don't know that I care, <laughs> but it might be good. Who can say? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh. Oh god, yeah, they had that really loud man talking about the Marvel card game where he was just shouting constantly. Oh, Road. Yeah, he, he shouts a lot. Yeah, he does. He did back in his days as head of development on a certain wonderful card game. Nope, not gonna pursue yeah. that. Um, but yeah, no, like that's just one of those things. It's like you have the voice of a YouTube man, sir. Um, I want to take a moment to highlight something that is not technically a video game, but might have been the worst thing at the show. That was not obviously some sort of predatory gambling. Honkai uh, Star Rail. No, not that. Uh, because that's technically a video game. Uh. No, the the worst thing at the show. Oh God! <laughs> was the fucking twisted metal trailer, uh... which was principally sweet tooth punching a man, and then both of them ping ponging lines from the thong song, and good lord, that joke didn't last. <laughs> I want it to not be bad because I like both of those actors a lot. Uh, yeah, I like. It's gonna be bad. I like the people in this. They all seem to be uh, working in service of some of the worst ideas ever committed to screen. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, this is this. Uh, this mostly this reminded me of like Samoa Joe is the like physical actor for Sweet Tooth. And uh, Will Arnett is his voice. And the video that Will Arnett like uh, piped in to like to pretty hype the trailer sort of looked like a video you would send from House Arrest. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know, I just when I when I was watching the trailer, all I could think of was an article uh, a quarter of a century ago in the official PlayStation magazine in the U.S. at the time, where they were talking about Sony trying to pay someone to dress up as Sweet Tooth for to promote Twisted Metal 3 back in, like, 1998. And uh, them talking to a marketing guy who said that they had tried to find people who were willing to do this. And uh, going to all sorts of things, up to and including an escort service, where they were told, quote, that the... Uh, that the role was not up to the standards of California hard bodies, end quote. <laughs> and all I could think is, I mean, you deserve better than this, Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this this looks, this is going to be real bad. Uh, 
I have no confidence in this object. Uh, it might, like, the best case scenario, as far as I'm concerned, is that people reviewing it get some good roasts out of it. Hmm. But who can say? Um, Seriously, this is fucking Will Arnett. There's nobody out there with a project, a better project for fucking Will Arnett. Seriously. And uh, uh, what's his name? Captain America? Oh, what is his name? I know who you're talking about, but I forget his fucking name because I'm bad with celebrity names. Is something Mackie? J James? I, I I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm very his bad. Name. I only know Will Arnett because I watched a lot of Arrested Development. Same. <laughs> well, same, and he uh, was Lego Batman. Uh, also true. <coughs> but, yeah. Uh, so there was some more Baldur's Gate 3 footage. That game looks like it'll be cool when it's finished. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A bunch of other stuff I didn't care about. That FF7 mobile game that I keep forgetting still isn't out got another trailer. Uh, Ever Crisis. Okay. It was funny. I, the, I, the crowd if it was, wasn't a god game, I would care. But. The crowd was funny on that one because there was like some excitement and then it seemed to die away very quickly. It was. The, I think the funniest thing was the afterwards. Oh, the DoorDash uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Keighley's like. Speaking, uh, of like, speaking, of, speaking of Final Fantasy, the crowd starts cheering and he says, no, no, no. Because <laughs> he knows how disappointed they're going to be. DoorDash. Says, DoorDash has your back. <laughs> and the crowd goes completely silent. I think that was totally planned. <laughs> oh, 100%. He knew it was going to happen and he yeah. knew that it was okay because of what, how the show would end. Yeah. Um, is that Lord of the Rings thing that looked like... I couldn't I tell what that... I don't care kind of game that was. After I saw the reviews of the GOM game, I, I could not have any <laughs> less interest in any the Gollum game. game. That Gollum game is incredible, because that game is a window into the past when a licensed game could be completely fundamentally ill-conceived on every level and just <laughs> not work at all, and it would just still get released, except that there was nothing to tie this into. You could have just not done it. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I love the, the, like, bad translation of the apology notice that went on, uh, uh, went on Twitter, where it just had, where they just posted an image that referred to the game as, uh, the Lord of Ring Gollum. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, dear Lord of Ring. Oh, God. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, I, I saw another thing that made me feel just a deep abiding sense of shame for video games as a whole uh, during that show. And that was the uh, thing that he introduced as like Pokemon, but with guns. As though that was the same thing for people to want. I don't want that. You shouldn't I, want I, that. People. Yeah, and and like the, the design, they weren't lying. That was a game with a lot of miniguns and a lot of things that looked like if someone decided to get litigious, they could tie it up in uh, courts for years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that looked... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, also, the, the, the number one what on earth why uh, to this was a game based off of Sandland? See, I didn't even know so, that was a thing. I'm just like, why? This is a random for, Toriyama thing. So, so for, for a very loose definition of thing, Sandland was 14 chapters. 
Like it was not a long manga. It it was basically because like you can't convince Toriyama to do long mangas anymore. He has the option to not, and he does not want to do long mangas. But he did fourteen chapters of Sandman back in the nineties. I remember reading about half of them when they were translated uh, in the early aughts at the height of my Dragon Ball fandom. And my only response to this was, this is incredibly fucking boring. <laughs> uh, I, I did not, I was not entertained by Sandland. Maybe this I didn't seems, give it a fair chance. Sounds like prime material to make a video game. And what they've made is a weird Metal, Metal Max, Mad Max-ish looking thing. Uh, which does fit with what is in the content of the chapters I recall reading. Maybe it'll be better than source material. Who can say? Uh, but it, it sure was uh, something. You think he actually has any involvement with this game other than... Oh, they paid him to draw things. Okay. They, they probably paid him to draw like three new characters. And that's probably about it. Because you can't convince him to do more. Yeah. Toriyama is a man why who has should, said... Why should he? Honestly, why should he? Yeah. Like, Toriyama is a man who has said on the record that if he had realized how many Dragon Quest games there would have been, there was there were going to be, he wouldn't have done it. <laughs> like, it's one of those things, like, Dragon Ball broke him of any desire to have to continuously work, and he doesn't have to, and I respect him for not doing so. I respect it deeply, although why is he doing more Dragon Ball Super then? He's not the, like he gives them like some notes about like you can do this, and then like everyone else has to make it. Okay. Right. Like the Make manga is not made by Totoyama. I got it. So yeah, that's kind of how that goes. No, I uh, I honestly respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Like you did the work. Now you can fucking chill. <laughs> just just enjoy Seriously. life. Seriously. You get a very a beautiful and rare opportunity to just yeah. live a life where you don't have to spend all of your time you doing have this shit. Stoked our imaginations for a lifetime and beyond. You you deserve to chill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, uh, there was a Star Trek game by Paradox announced. Yeah, I don't. That know. was weird. Yeah, I don't know what Paradox normally makes, although I know the name. I recall it's a very grognardy sort of stuff. But maybe it'll be not bad. It's been forever since there was like an actual Star Trek game. I think the last Star Trek game that wasn't like potentially expansions to the MMO that I'm not con that I'm not convinced ever shut down, but I've never actually checked, was the one based off of the first two movies in the reboot series happened about a decade ago, and that was like a very funny bad Gears of War knockoff. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, they had a trailer for Like a Dragon Gaiden. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, the interquel that's sort of explaining what Kiri was doing between uh, fucking uh, Like a Dragon 6 to 8 uh, is coming out November 8th or 9th. And seems to be a uh, that seems to be another worldwide launch. So, hey, I'm okay. sold. That's what I want. I will buy as many of those games as they are willing to sell me. Um, 
But yeah, so that looked fun. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Uh, what's that? I said I'm down for for more of that when I find wherever the hell I find the time. <laughs> then uh, they showed some Alan Wake two. I didn't play Alan Wake one. I don't know if I care, but people seem excited. Uh, oh yeah, they announced a new Sonic. Yeah, it's like new Super Mario Sonic. Yeah, it's a it's a four player co op Sonic that looked quite fun actually. Yeah, looks cool. <laughs> Excited. Sonic Superstars coming to everything. Um, they did just so much time watching Mortal Kombat. I I had to just zone out after a minute. Um, it looks like Mortal Kombat. It's uh, really gross. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where it's like it's it's weird whenever I watch Mortal Kombat because it's like every time I'm going <laughs> this time the animations will look good, and it's never true. It has never been true. Uh, there is a way that Mortal Kombat animates. I think it's the there's a certain like attempt to give it a certain kind of snap that just looks extremely bad to my eyes every time, and it makes the games legitimately like I just can't enjoy them even when they aren't being gross because someone's getting their head ripped off yeah. uh, because like the animations just all look bad to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know what someone listening or watching this is probably like, like, but Wheels, I thought you were a fan of Mortal Kombat. It was, when the violence was extremely cartoony and you did a brutality and they exploded into a rain of rib cages. <laughs> and now there's just like now a lot like, of viscera. There's a lot of yeah. viscera in there. Yeah, now we have Raiden realistically dive Ripping through someone and rip them in half. Like, and then ripping them in half again, and like you just get it's, a lot of musculature and viscera, and it's just it's, like I don't want this. It's not, it's gross. It doesn't really scale up to realism or even pseudo realism. Uh, let's let's says, get back to happy things. Spider-Man Two. Hold on, Fireminer says it looks like MK11 skeleton with MK10's gameplay and a dash of PS1 port of MSC. Yeah, and they were selling that MSC MVC portion of it like it's something new and not something that's been done like forever saying that being violent is fine or just being funny with it isn't that the idea behind the chick no it's like the real it's not even because a lot of these are supposed to be funny it's the degree to which that they're like the the clash is that the joke doesn't land for me or wheels when like you're still animating a lot of just like people's innards getting yeah. ripped apart like, you like go, go back and look at, at some of the older games, and it's just, I guess, some of it's so quote-unquote realistic, but yeah, it's a lot more abstract, and like, like, uh, um, Liu Kang turning yeah. into a dragon and biting someone in half, you don't see, like, bone and tendons being ripped apart like you would in this game, it just doesn't work anymore, I don't... Like, a lot of it is clearly like just, it. just be funny. Yeah. Just the, you know, the... the combination of that and like detailed internal musculature doesn't really do it for us yeah the combination of that and apparently they don't think they need to do like friendships and babalities and all that stuff anymore like that it's not the fun yeah it was... bring back fatalities they're just like oh i dropped a mortal combat arcade cabinet on you i feel like they don't get their own joke anymore <laughs> 
or at least that the joke has, or at least that the joke has moved to in like kind of an unpleasant direction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man Two has a release date. Oh, hold on. Peace says this fight is pretty much wrathless. By the way, okay, noted. I've never fought this thing before, and I keep getting destroyed by its fireball with three status ailments. Yeah, Spider-Man Two's got a release date, October twenty twenty-three. Yes, October twentieth. The last trailer had just said fall, and this is more clear. And by the sound of it, they were very confident with that release date. I would love to know the negotiations that ended with Sony not putting the release date that was definitely locked in by that point (laughs) at their showing like two weeks ago. Um, Uh, Yeah, it showed some nice artwork. Confirmed it is not Eddie Brock Venom. They're going to do their own version of the Venom storyline, which is exciting because I kind of trust the writers working on this at this point. They, they've generally been very good at that in the yeah. way that they... We, we mentioned when they showed the last trailer that they were making good use of, like, Spider-Man... You know, like, Peter having heightened emotions over the lizard combining with the heightened emotions of the symbiote suit yeah and those two things being very uh being a good way to sort of overlap those stories and sort of make it more obvious why people aren't noticing hey peter why are you being so aggressive still yeah. <laughs> though craven really craven you had to fucking that's fine. You'll you'll learn to like you're you're gonna you're gonna have like a fucking 1984 moment at the end. Realize that you love Craven the Hunter. No, no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I like how you you aren't objecting to me describing such a thing as a 1984 moment. <laughs> you haven't done Mysterio yet. You haven't done the Goblin yet. No Hobgoblin. I mean, the Goblin's gonna get his own damn game, but. Why isn't this game? Why do you have to give me Craven? The the one, like the one Spider-Man villain, I just don't like. You'll learn to like him at least well enough. <sighs> but that brings us to of the officially revealed things: the PS2 Resistance, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer. Yes. It looks oh, uh, incredible. So good. Beyond um, incredible. Uh, <coughs> also, it, two disc. Yeah, yeah. Which, in days past, wouldn't be that big a deal. The PS5 and the the uh, Series X use like those extra capacity Blu-rays. I forget what they're like. like dual layer. I think they're like. Well, dual layer was something that you could do on PS3 and PS4. Okay. I think they're getting to the point of like quad layers at this stage. Yeah. Like truly gigantic discs. There's a lot of space on there. Like, you know, if you remember Final Fantasy VII Remake, that came on two discs on PS4, but it was down to one disc on the PS5 yes. version. Mm-hmm. And that was already yes. a big game. I forget how big it is, the download version of it, but it's pretty sizable. This is a big game. <laughs> the big fucking uh, they, game. They, they were showing off how much, the, uh, just how much of the game is in there. Like after FF Seven Remake, there was some question about uh, how the hell they do the rest of. It. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Fireminer says, would FF7 Rebirth reach the 400 gigabyte mark? Absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, maybe once all three games are together, probably at the very least. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, also, uh, let's let's not get into this argument, Joe. Uh, but, <coughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I feel like it's probably going to be, like, 200 gigs at the least at yeah. that stage. Uh, but they were showing off, like, you know, they were showing off aspects of, like, here's Bugenhagen in Cosmo Canyon. Mm -hmm. Like, that's getting very late into the first and by far longest disc of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, like, and also making sure that it is still unclear what the leg situation is going on with Bugenhagen, which is, I remember seeing uh, Bugenhagen in the original game and being like, what is going on with him? How does he work? And then seeing official art of him later and realizing, oh, he's supposed to be floating on an orb. That's weird. <laughs> uh, but uh, they showed, like, uh, more combination attacks. They showed some stuff that hints at the uh, weird parallel timeline that seems to be being set up uh, at the end of 7 Remake. Uh, they showed... Uh, they, they start showing... Uh, Sephiroth sowing some discord between the uh, uh, party in a way that's like immediately uh, raising some questions because uh, for those who remember FF7 original, the part of the Nibelheim flashback is that uh, Tifa tries to uh, attack Sephiroth after he goes nuts and kills a bunch of people and he uh slices her and you know there's that's a big part of that flashback you know she she takes a pretty grave wound uh and in the english trailer it was it was slightly ambiguous who he was saying because he just says how is she still alive uh referencing uh that and like that time he attacked Tifa and you know there is a good question in the original it's not really addressed it's just like I, I guess he didn't really try to kill her he just got like sliced her and that was it but in the Japanese trailer he's very specifically saying uh, how is Tifa not dead hmm. um, it's uh, it's and, you know, so, like, a lot of, like, mild implications that she might secretly be Genova. Like, a Genova, a piece of Genova that is imitating Tifa, based on, like, Cloud's memories and thoughts. Oh. And I've seen a lot of speculation about that, and, of course, uh, my, my thought process at this stage is, if that was the twist, that wouldn't be what they were hinting at in the trailer. <laughs> So I'm curious what other wrinkle they intend to pull with this. But that was the fun check that they wrote themselves at the end of FF7 Remake, was that mm -hmm. they had created a situation where they had essentially promised both themselves and players, yeah, we can do whatever we want with this now. <laughs> and they are, they are cashing that check. It looks incredible. It was so cool to see things like Calm and uh Nibelheim and you can see like them uh running over the overworld and you can see places like Junon. And like there's a part where they're fighting like a piece of Genova and Yuffie just runs the fuck away. <laughs> yeah, Yuffie's just fucking terror. out of there. 
Uh, Yuffie seems like she's going to be a ton of fun. Can't wait to see more of her interacting yeah, with the rest was, of the group. She was really good in the DLC. I, I admit there is a part of me that wishes I could just buy her Moogle poncho. Yes. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, I'm like disappointed I when she tosses, <laughs> when she tosses it away. I'm sure she'll get it as like an alternate costume. Yeah, that you might have to pay a couple dollars for, but I would do that. Um, but yeah, that game looks absolutely incredible, and it's just like it's that coming out in early 2024 is the reason I can be at peace that FF16 is super not for me. Because uh, it doesn't matter. Because it's like, oh, the game that's for me that comes out in less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> that that i'm into um but yeah and then after that a bunch of stuff that was supposed to seemingly be at the microsoft showcase got leaked uh -oh. Uh -oh. I did not some hear this. so some poor atlas employee oh that have, yeah <laughs> seemed to have uh made public some uh trailers on instagram for things that have a bunch of xbox logos at the start and end with day one on game pass and it's like oh you meant for this to be at the microsoft show Oopsies. that it's gonna be in like three days uh but yeah so that's why we don't actually have platforms for these other than <coughs> the xbox and pc uh but uh percent five tactica yeah give me give me yeah, uh, that that Go looks ahead. great. Uh, it's chipified uh, tactical RPG for yeah. uh, Persona Five. It seems to be like we're seeing all the all the Phantom Thieves and a bunch of new uh, environments. Uh, everyone seems to be back. That comes out in November, apparently, according to the sleek trailer. And it looks it looks great. I I cannot wait for more. I love those characters. I can't wait for more. Uh, now for characters you don't care for. Uh, Fireminer says there's no way that they're not going to release P3R and P5T to the PS5, right? They're, those are going to be on everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will be shocked. Uh, I, I would not even be super surprised if P5T comes to phones. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I would, I would expect that to be on everything. And then they also announced Persona 3 Reload, uh, which is a oh, full... I'm sorry, excuse me. I fell asleep for a second there. A full ground-up remake of Persona 3 in Unreal Engine that uh, looks to be using a lot of the bones of Persona 5. Uh, uh, Does that mean they're also going to rewrite it to be good? Uh, I would imagine they have to rewrite at least some of it. Um, there's like, there's potential here. There, are, I don't think they're going to address the issues I fundamentally have with the fact that the game has a theme about the inevitability of death and then doesn't really feel like it does much to address like what that's for but uh yeah uh fireminer says it rests on how much money microsoft's going to burn i don't think they could possibly burn enough money or at least i don't think the amount of money they'd be willing to burn on persona would ever be enough to get an exclusive for it and it really hasn't been something that they've been going out of their way to do Usually, in the past few years, when Microsoft wants an exclusive, they buy a company. Um, but yeah, I I would suspect that uh, P3R and P5T, uh, P5T will be on everything, and that P3R is at the very least PS, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, 
And depending upon how ambitious they get, eh, maybe see them pulling that on Switch. It's hard to say. Um, or the Switch successor, we might hear about in a few months. Mm. But uh, I mean, that'd be a pretty good launch game for that. Um, it's an early 2024 title, according to its. Uh, According to the uh, trailer that leaked, um, but yeah, like it's it's a full top to bottom remake. It looks like it should address at least some of the sins that I would consider Persona 3 to have. But like that trailer definitely shows a lot of the same kinds of things happening. So your mileage may vary. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I'm more interested in playing a remake that may potentially fix some of the issues I have than another re-release. I've played that game enough for a lifetime. Um, uh, let's see. But, so now, so that drags us to some of the questions that Fireminer actually just dropped. Uh, hopes and dreams for Persona 3 Reload. Uh, do more with the concept of, like, if we're gonna make a game about the inevitability of death, you need to say something about it. Mm. Like, if it's about the life you live before death, if it's about the tragedy of a life lost too early, like say something other than death uh, ah, that sucks doesn't it like you gotta you gotta be more than that uh there, there's some other stuff that i expect to be sort of fixed out of hand uh there is a entire 20 minute sequence of the original that is just uh the three guy characters uh trying to pick up women on a beach and the big punchline is a just giant transphobic joke. I expect that to just have been cut entirely. Uh, they'll, the, or at least heavily rewritten. What's that? So that would be nice. Yeah, I expect that. Like, that's the thing that, like, that's the free space of like I expect them to have fixed that. Um, the the other things, like I, the things I would want in terms of rewrite is give a better sense of what this group of people is like as a group. They are all sort of defined by their relationship to the protagonist. Uh, like, they, like, some of them have pre existing relationships, but even those aren't well explored. Like, Mitsuru and Akihiko, Akihiko have known each other for years in Persona 3, but we never really get a sense, uh, a strong sense of their relationship. They, are introduced as having known each other along with uh, Shinjiro. And then they don't have really anything beyond like the, yeah, we knew each other in the past. We were the old seas group and then things went bad. And then it's like, we don't like, we get some sense of Akihiko's connection to Shinjiro after Shinjiro dies. But that's kind of it. Um, if I, if I can just spitball other things I would want to see rewritten to be a little more natural. Uh, some of the characters, like the, the insistence that every character's persona evolves when they experience personal tragedy and needing to find a way to do that gets really, really contrived uh, about halfway through it happening. Um, please make Junpei less irritating. Um... Uh, you know, just generally, like, there's there's a lot of space to improve 
the S links. I guess the the major thing I would want to see for the S links would be uh, maybe maybe uh, create a, a way for S links to function. That uh, one of one of my issues with how S links function in P three is that uh, the the they don't feel like particularly good friendships. <laughs> And like I, I, I guess the way I would re reason that is that uh, in the original Persona Three, there's a lot of situations where the game, in, in order to uh, get the most, uh, to get to get the most to meta game the game and get the most points in a relationship by giving responses. The correct answer is to just tell the person what they want to hear, even if it's manifestly a bad idea. And, like, that makes the Persona 3 protagonist come off as kind of a sociopath. Like, mm. just really, uh, like, really craven. And I would like them to maybe please, rethink that. Please don't use that word. <laughs> Which one? Craven. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Does anyone... <coughs> uh, let's see. Will they keep the male and female protagonists from P3P? I would suspect that you are going to get the male protagonist and nothing else, because that's all they showed in the trailer. Uh, you might get the female protagonist as, like, an expansion or DLC content, but it's a lot of extra work, so the remake is probably just going to be the male protagonist for the time being. Uh, let's see... Uh, Fireminer says, does anyone remember watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer when it originally came out? Like, how good was its writing? I don't... I, I was not a Buffy watcher. Um, it was good. In terms, it's, it's, in terms of TV at the time, it was very good. Yeah, it, it it's hard to, like, look back at, I would imagine, because it's very definitely where a lot of Joss Whedon's writing quirks uh were definitely uh, those were fresh at the time, and now they are very much not as fresh. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so so it's P3 reload. Uh, I I would like it to fix like a whole laundry list of problems that I personally have with it. I don't suspect it's going to fix most of them. It'll probably fix at least a few of them. Uh, but oh yeah, and the other thing. Don't randomize Tartarus. Just, just have it have set floors. That would be nice. Yeah. I like Tartarus is already kind of a generic location. Also, cut whatever fake that fake out where they say like, "Oh, we reached the ceiling, uh, we reached the top," and then uh, just for in service of a plot twist where like you find out that no, you, like you. You have like that extra plot twist that happens after that, and then unrelatedly and for no real reason, suddenly there's more floors, and it's like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> like, don't do the fake out; it's bad. Um, but yeah, so that's those would be my laundry list of wishes for uh, that. Considering uh, the state of Atlas post Soul Hackers Two, are the chances that they cheap out on P3 Reload? Uh, very little, because Soul Hackers 2 was a game that was uh, released on a lower budget, largely because they didn't have confidence in the brand, whereas Persona 
Persona uh, post uh, three and onward is uh, the brand. Yeah, so I, I would expect <laughs> that gets a lion's share of their resources. I remember someone comparing Soul Hackers to like the random lower budget stuff Atlas used to make on 3DS, and I think that's a good comparison. Or like their late PS2 output, where yeah. they would just do like, hey, we can just do. Uh, another thing and like if people like it we can maybe put more resources into it later but for now it's just sort of an experiment yeah uh, yeah so uh, i would say that persona especially with the the spec that they're building it out it looks like this is probably also in part them just getting their technology in place for persona 6. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's Persona 3 Reload. It looks like Persona 3. Um, okay. More important uh, thing. Persona 5 Tactics. Yeah, Tactica. Tactica. Uh, it was not Tactics, it's Tactica. Um, I'm gonna screw that up a million times. It's great. Um, so let's hit some of these questions, since they are related to some of the things we've been discussing. If you ask the people who whine about uh, Persona 3 Reload not having female MC and Fess, well, I mean, Fess it was two different things, because there was additional content to the main game, and then there was the answer, and no one who played the answer is upset that the answer isn't there. Uh, <laughs> at this stage, a lot of them would say that they want to play the definitive version of Persona 3. We've talked many times on the show about remakes being complementary to the originals, but you guys are the types of people who play everything. Yeah, that's true. Is it wrong for casual players to just want to play the best version of something and be done with it? Are they yeah. really casual fans if they even know something that uh, if they even know something that is the definitive version of a game? It's not wrong, but I would say uh, that the definitive edition version of the game exists. It's the portable one. Yeah. The Persona, the remake should be a different game. Yes. And then the question of what is the best version of that is a different question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's the argument we would make. I mean, if they're <laughs> just making shinier fests, then that's going to be garbage. Yeah, I don't, I don't need shinier fests. They've made many improvements to both how they structure these stories, how they write them. Like, that's a big thing that, like, Persona 3's original version is super balanced around the idea of uh, at day, social link. At night, briefly in Tartarus. And that's a completely different gameplay loop from Persona 4 and 5, where there, you are very much encouraged to do all your dungeon crawling on as few days as possible because it takes up your day. Mm. And I'm very curious if, like, they've completely redone how that works, or if they've, uh, you know, what what they're going to do about that, because that's a fundamental different, a fundamentally different approach and a fundamentally different way it expects the players to approach it, because, like, uh, with with P4 and P5, you're very much encouraged to treat it as, like, here's a bunch of story and uh, social interaction segments, and then here's a really long dungeon segment. Get them done uh, essentially consecutively. Um, several hours of story and uh, social links and several hours of dungeon. And I'm, I'm curious how they'll thread that needle. But uh, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, I do think that uh, there is, to some extent, uh, I would say that this is much more an opinion of extreme nerds, where nerds, uh, and I say this as an extreme nerd, 
nerds have this really weird obsession with playing with experiencing the best version of something and tending to very specifically go out of their way like you have to play the best version of this it's not acceptable to just play a good version or an acceptable version you have to play the best version the definitive version and i think that's what you're getting at with the second half of this like is it are they really casual fans if they know something is the definitive version and it's like i wouldn't say per se that it, uh, you have to be a hardcore fan to know but i do think that on some level you have to be at least a little obsessive to care uh, because uh, something that has shown up time and time again is that like truly casual consumers tend to just gravitate towards is this a good enough version mm. and that's why it took years and years for blu-ray sales to overtake dvd sales and the only reason they overtook dvd sales was that people just weren't buying physical editions because the streaming version was good enough because it gave them access and that's kind of the thing you you look at these things and it's like uh to uh, to to the casual consumer they don't need the best version there's a reason that it took years of concerted effort to convince people to get to stop buying pan and scan versions of old films or to stop colorizing them like that that was screwing with the original intent like intent of the artist has very little to do with why most people consume media and especially why you know if they don't have a pre-existing connection or care for that media they have no reason to care about like that they just want a version that was good enough to entertain them and so <laughs> would i would i like it if this had the uh the female main character in addition to the male main character oh yeah 100 percent. but it's one of those things where like uh the the need to find the one definitive version is like it's it's strict is i wouldn't say strictly but it's primarily the domain of people who are huge nerds to begin with and again i say this as a huge nerd um i think it makes me think of there's there's this like this uh you know a saying that applies across a lot of creative types but i always hear it with people talking about like learning to film uh like movies and such where like you know the the question the traditional answer to the question like what's the best camera to get is the best camera is the camera you have like you play the version you got access to access almost always trumps uh anything else <coughs> and so I, I would argue that uh, we need a third wheel. Uh, well, we've already got however many wheels wheels comprises, but go ahead. All the wheels. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, I'm a singularity of all wheels across okay, I'm, the multiverse. I'm not interrogating that even slightly. I thought you would have said across the Spider Verse, but uh, uh, but yeah. And Fireminer says in the chat isn't the obsession obsession towards definitive editions really a question of how much do you tie your identity to a product it doesn't have to per se be an identity thing but it doesn't mean that you care deeply about the core product and i think that the inevitable answer with anyone with most things is for, for most media it's just like eh, it just needs to be good enough <laughs> just needs to be good enough uh also, Joe says the you and wheels are the wheels, and he are affected by the poor air quality. 
I'm not, because I've been staying inside all the in the whole week. Hooray! But but the area that you live in. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that would, that would be kind of my my fundamental attack uh, that I would take. It's just the uh, piece Persona Three and Persona Three Remake are are different games, and that there's like. You can get what you like. There's certainly going to be an audience that, whatever uh, they want out of Persona 3, they can get from Persona 3 Remake. But I think it's misguided to treat one as a replacement for the other. Uh, and the like, you, you don't need to play the definitive, you don't need to watch the definitive as long as you're playing a version that's oh, like an acceptable presentation, like you know, doesn't break constantly, you, you're probably fine. If it was worth experiencing, maybe you'll seek out a better version later if you feel that that version was somehow compromised. But for the most part, like, good enough is good enough. <laughs> um, let's see. Disregarding games that you played to write reviews, what games made you feel the most like you were just fulfilling an obligation and putting a notch on a checklist? Zelda. Wow. Uh, Banned. Coming out swinging. Um, <coughs> personally, I, I, this, is, this is hard for me because I, I don't play... I, I'm very prone to dropping a game if I'm not if I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I have recently come to the dis to the conclusion that I have tried to play Zelda because it's Zelda, and like I don't necessarily think they're bad games. And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy my time with them, but they're at the same time just not games for me. That's fine. That's the healthy attitude. It's totally fine. Uh, yeah. Which is why I'm not, except, except for Breath of the Wild, I just could not, like, most most of them I've sunk hours and hours into. Breath of the Wild, I sunk, like, 15 minutes and was like, nope. No it's fine. It's fine. But, uh, yeah. Uh, like, but at least I don't say they're bad games. Like, some people, if they don't like a game, that's, like, automatically a bad game. Well, yeah, that's not a healthy yeah. attitude. Uh... But yeah, I was, uh, all I was going to say there was just that, like, I I would have to think very hard about something that the last thing that I played, like, it, it would essentially have to be something where I was trying to prove a fucking point, and it's been many years since I was doing that. There were periods where, like, I was bored and unemployed and uh, arguing with people on the internet, and so I would play a game just to prove a fucking point, uh, just, just to better argue why I did not enjoy it. But like you know, that is something that uh, you need a lot of spare time for, and I have less of that. So I have become even more prone to just like if I'm not feeling it, it's okay. I can stop. I don't owe this game a thing. <laughs> you got anything, Wales? Um, nah. No checklist games for the Wheelman. What was the question again? Uh, oh god. Sorry, sorry, I have... I... Disregarding games that you played to write reviews, what games made you feel the most like you were just fulfilling an obligation and putting a notch on the checklist? Oh god, um... 
Tears to Tiara? <laughs> you played that for review. Oh, not for review. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure there's yeah, something. We would have to, for, for me, it would have to be something that I like bought out of uh, potential interest. Uh, and then, like, if we included things that I didn't finish, uh, then probably something like, I think FF14 would be the most recent. Oh, Fire Mario says any dungeon crawler game. Oh. I mean, some of those were for review, though. <laughs> Joe says Monster Hunter World. I had a troubled experience with Monster Hunter World, yes. I, I assumed that that was actually just Joe trolling you and pulling out a Monster Hunter game. but it, He is, but, but apparently he doesn't it's know also it's bad. the one that I've bounced off the most. For whatever reason. Yeah, for, for me, I think the most recent... Uh, if we're including games I didn't actually finish, then the most recent one I can think of where I like put more time into it than I would have otherwise on the basis of trying to understand it uh ff14 would be it uh it's Ooh, it's not for me and i spent i spent you know probably 15 20 hours with it and it's like you know mmo is not for <coughs> me that one didn't make me a, did not make me a believer uh yeah, every that, time that... i felt that more so for ff11 even mm -hmm. and 14 just like yeah, unfortunately, 14 doesn't get good until, like, near the end. It doesn't start getting its act together until the end, near, like, the end of the first of ARR. Like, like story-wise like or gameplay-wise? Oh, story-wise. If, if oh, it's gameplay-wise, that's care. different. I don't like the gameplay that much. Yeah, if you don't like the gameplay, you don't like yeah, the gameplay. Yeah, you know. yeah I, don't, I don't like the MMO loop. I also I don't like, don't like the way it tells its story, so I don't know that you don't well, know the, thing, the, the way it tells the story gets better near the end. Yeah, like, but I've right... been told I actually have to pay attention. You do. <laughs> well, then it's it's just not worth it. People said it gets good to have a sword. Yeah, but... So I swear that... Uh... I, I mean, I've already put in like 40 levels and I haven't paid attention to the story because I just don't care. So if I have to pay attention for the good stuff to make any difference, then... Well, the stuff, rather... the stuff you're not even paying attention to then actually even comes up to things that are current in the game yeah. sometimes. So then, yeah. it's just not for uh, me. I'm, I'm going to yeah. bring up... And that's right. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. I'm, again, I'm, I'm not s saying you're wrong. I'm just... I understand it. Uh, I understand your point. Or I could just play some Destiny. Beautiful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up two things. The fact you play uh, Destiny? <laughs> no, because I don't play Destiny. Um, I'm going to bring up two things. Uh, the first would be uh, that I swear to God that uh, whenever I uh, look at the FF14 fandom, the consensus on when the story gets good has shifted back or forth one expansion. <laughs> um, and the it play at the same time. Oh God damn it, Pew! The other this thing is... I was going to say was uh, that. I am forcibly reminded of a uh, review from back in the day that shaped my young brain uh, that was someone 
reviewing uh, for the official PlayStation magazine back in the early aughts, Street Code and 3. And they were talking about how uh, about 20 hours into the game, they started really getting into the story, and they really did like the game. But how could they possibly recommend to another human being to spend <laughs> to dump 20 hours into something mm. bef- uh, in order for it to get good? And it's like that that is, you know, that's a lot of entertainment now is that there's like this, like, you just got to get through X amount of it. And it's like, you know, if you're if you're super not enjoying something for 15, 20 hours, there's like there's no shame in cutting your losses way earlier than that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, especially with Final Fantasy 14, because you're easily looking at 80 to 90 hours before it gets good because of the patches. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, so as I said, I get why people bounce off of 14 early. And like I said, it's not just the story. I don't like the gameplay. Oh, yeah, if you don't like MMO gameplay. It's not even the MMO gameplay. I don't like how they do the classes. The MMO gameplay is for me. I don't like like that I have to grind up some shitty class I don't give a flying fuck about to get to the class I actually want. No, they don't do that anymore. I actively hate it. They don't do that anymore. anymore. Yeah, you only have to do, um, like, the base level of 30 for the actual class, but then, like, before, you had to level two classes to get the class you wanted. Now yeah, that, it's just, you do the initial class, much. and then at 30, you, you, get, that, you get the advanced class. Not convincing me any. <laughs> that, sci- that sounds mild, mildly less painful, but 30 levels is a lot. No yeah, idea. but all the skills you get on those 30 letters, uh, levels still matter to your advanced yeah. class. Yeah. You can buy a boost, too. Yeah, the the very concept of paying someone to not have to play part of their game uh, it, like incenses me on a fundamental level. <laughs> here, here's my issue, okay? A Final Fantasy MMO should be extremely easy to do and be my thing exactly. Because just look at it this way. Grinding 30 levels is just as bad as grinding out ability points in Final Fantasy V. I don't, yeah, but I have I'm not fun a Final, grinding I'm not a Final Fantasy V fan. Okay. <laughs> See, I did not know that. It's, yeah, Wheels is I, I like it. It's not in my top list by any stretch. It's my favorite of the Super as far, ones. As um, far as job systems, I much prefer tactics. But, uh, to... But, like, yeah, uh, Final Fantasy MMO. I want to be a black mage. Let me make a black mage. Like, all those classic classes. Why aren't those just the base classes? Why do I have to play some other bullshit? You would think you would start with it's the actively uh, not the FF1 jobs. You would you would think you would start with the FF1 jobs and move from there. But uh, moving, uh, oh, moving. You look very cute. <laughs> my cat, my cat is rolling around on the floor. <laughs> oh, for being fat and fluffy, as you do. Okay, so to hit a few more of these questions. Uh, from a monetary standpoint, is it the best choice when it comes to any Persona game to wait around five years to see if Atlas releases any expansions and then choose it over the original? Uh, just, um... I, uh, yeah, like, uh, buddy, I got five years of my life. I can 
I can blow $70 more than once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, I have no particular need to wait five years on in the hopes of, like... Yeah, as it's clear, we're not big on caring about, like, I need to experience the most definitive version, because there's always the chance for a more definitive version to come out eventually. I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I waited forever stupidly for a Switch version that I eventually got of Persona 5. But, I mean, it's not like I didn't have an absolute... It's one of my favorite games of all time. I played it on the system I was trying not to play it. I just play it. Just fucking play it if that's what you want to do. <laughs> play a video game. Uh, to, to, this question goes on. Uh, and from being a fan standpoint, is it more satisfying to be a quote-unquote smart one by doing so instead of being a quote-unquote mark by buying everything, no. to borrow for wrestling terminology? Uh, the thing to find uh, with uh, quote-unquote uh, smart marks in wrestling, uh, smarks as they're sometimes referred to, the thing about the smark uh, thing is that a lot of them sort of make themselves miserable mm -hmm. uh, trying to uh, sort of outsmart the show and thus just aren't able to enjoy them anymore. <laughs> and that is definitely something people have a danger of when they get too uh, too into like this idea of like needing to uh, have the most correct version uh, or you know the most uh, complete experience. Uh, so, in other words, you do not have to experience everything. In fact, oftentimes it's not fun to experience everything. Like, or in my case, you just won't finish games. Fun yeah. Runner. I'm very confused by your question, though, Chad, here. Uh, you've never experienced being a gamer in a throwaway. Definitely have not. That's, uh, right. yeah, that, that definitely would change the value equation. Yeah. And that I'll give you. Uh, the show. I'll read it once I get back to my desk. Derive their joy simply from talking about wrestling. Oh, that kind of like it's it's one of those things like I you know I mean to some extent kind of all of us are the kind of people who derive a lot of joy from just talking about games as much as playing them. But I mean they're they're very different mindsets. Uh, it's it's not really a which is better in that context. It's just you know. It's uh, it's it's a very different context, uh, and you know there are certain games that I I have essentially just disengaged with the fandom around them because I find that it makes me enjoy the core product less. Yeah, I can't engage with Destiny fans anymore because they're annoying oh, as shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like MMOs tend to eventually have like this this horrible in like insular like portion of the fandom yeah. that inevitably becomes just extremely toxic this game is the worst and yet i'm still playing it constantly <laughs> and complaining i've played this for eight thousand it's the, the kind of person who has like a steam thumbs down review that lists them as having played a game for eight thousand hours yes. <laughs> uh But yeah, uh, cer certainly uh, if you are playing uh, in a uh, 
if you're having to experience from a third world country where games are exorbitantly expensive i mean at that point i would just say like if you have the have the means just just steal it um <laughs> that's fair but you know because because you know it's it's one of those things like yeah uh, you can count the number of pro wrestling fans. I, I can't count the number of pro wrestling fans I've heard saying because WWE disrespected me, I will never pay them a cent and only Pirate Raw. Because, like, at this point, you're just trying to find a justification, just stop watching. Yeah, seriously, that, if we're going into that kind of fandom, yeah, 100%. Like, there's a lot of people that just. Like, they're not enjoying something, but they don't know what they'll do if they're not doing it. So mm. they just sort of keep doing it out of a sense of obligation. Like that's just not a healthy way to engage with anything. Find something else that you actually have fun doing. Like media is the thing that helps you enrich your life. It is not the thing that like you like treat as the drudgery that keeps you moving. Like you, yeah. if you're not enjoying something, <laughs> stop. Yes. Notice by comparison back when I was complaining about the state of destiny Two a lot, I wasn't playing Wheels it. Wheels had stopped playing it. I had stopped playing it. Wheels didn't start saying nice things about Destiny 2 until he was convinced to play it again. And, like... Well, I was yeah. convinced I bought every new expansion. Yeah, but that's because you're a fool and you, you are soon parted with your money. Um. <laughs> yes, but also, like, those three years I p spent playing Destiny 1 were, like this absolute magical time oh, yeah, I was hoping I they would eventually recreate, which they did. So, Yeah, I was, I was just playing on the old phrase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, but yes, I do burn money like a moron. But whatever. <laughs> it's all good. You smoke it, too. Yes. <laughs> I hope not. Next time you are tempted to roll, a hey. to roll up a 20 and smoke it, just send it to me instead. But hey, all those months of grad school were so that I could burn my money on stupid shit. That's fair. Your tits. No, those are, no. Those are smart ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I can afford to buy my kids money. They're buy my kids video games. They don't really care. <laughs> buy my kids money. They just want to play like Human Fall Flat and fucking. Yeah, what the hell is my son play? Stupid shit. Lots of Minecraft. Yeah. He's actually playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now, which is fun to watch. I mean, how old are your kids? Uh, ten, eight, and three. Okay, so... Assassin's Creed Origins is a good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like my oldest only playing Dragon Quest Builders 2. Yeah. Plus Although my youngest has become a platforming god. Nice. As you do when you got that time when you're young. And my son is reading the Egyptian-based novels uh, by the Percy Jackson author, so... It's oh, like yeah. Perfect, perfect time for him to check out that Perfect game. time for him to start stabbing people in the throat. Yes. He keeps telling me, like... And, and then I stabbed the guy in the, the penis. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, <laughs> wow. Um... Well, okay then. Uh, moving on. Uh, Fire Miner asks in the chat, anyone following I mean, hey, the Hey, it's better button? than what I was playing in this age, which was Mortal Kombat 2. There you go. True enough. Uh, Fire Miner asks in the chat, anyone following the League of Legends pro player strike? Only in the sense that I'm aware that it's happening. 
I didn't even know it was happening because I don't follow the League of Legends at all. The only League of Legends news I'm constantly on the wait for is when is Arcane Season 2 coming out. Uh, give it time. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's some sort of strike going on. Like, uh, I'm generally in favor of organized labor, so like I have like positive feelings towards it, uh, but I don't know the full breadth of details. So yeah. it's just like a general... Hey, good luck. Uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, the conglomeration of Riot and whatever esports uh, management companies are involved here probably do owe you guys a great deal of money. So, mm -hmm. you know, take them for all they're worth. Uh, Is that still see. like the biggest esports league? Probably. It's the only one that seems to be playing just one game consistently for one. The, the Overwatch League is still hanging around. Yeah, but I mean that's that's very much a uh, dying game. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so the Adolan slash Summon slash FF cosmology is pretty much a plain uh, a main plot device in every FF from now on. God, I hope not. I would be fully fine with not having to care about whatever the summon beasts think in FF17. I would like them to just come in when I call them into battle and then hit something and then leave and have only the vaguest of explanations as to what they are. Let's have a game where all the summons are like eldritch horrors. That would be fun. Only if I don't have to learn anything about them. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, they have unknowable horrors. Yep, they come in, they do things. Doom Train is there. That's why I just used the fat Kokobo. Nice, Pew. Good choice. Fat Chocobo is good. I want a game that's just, you know, the only summons are like Fat Chocobo and Doom Train. Uh, the Red Chocobo from Final Fantasy XIII, too. <laughs> why? Why would you hurt me like that? Moving, moving on. I love the Red Chocobo. <laughs> why? So, well, so moving on. I know you do, uh, but the game it comes from. I'm not letting you distract yourself like this. I don't no, like no. thirteen. I like thirteen too. Uh, I'm not. I'm not letting you distract yourself like this. Moving on. Um, but yeah, like I think one of the things that uh, has become, uh, like, because most FFs eventually become about their cosmology in some fashion. Like, like the the nature of the world is huge uh, and deeply intertwined with almost all the game's stories. But uh, I think that tying that into the summon beasts has been is hugely limiting to what you can do. Uh, it definitely, uh, and make especially when you treat the summon beasts as like these core god beings. It's it's extremely lit limiting, and it really hurts the ability to just have each game feel unique. And you know, I, at this point, like I've been beating this drum for a while. I'm sick of seeing them. I'm sick of games. Like there have been good games that revolved around them, certainly. Like, and they've they've played huge roles in things like you know FF you know, fifteen. Uh, it, just to, just to name like the most recent one that I quite liked, but. At this point, I just I need them to be less centralized. They're not 
like they are iconic, but they don't and shouldn't be the the tie that binds every single game world. I I would like them to take a backseat for several games, just so that I can like that each world can be like different. You could not like kind of beat a dead horse because it's my favorite, but FF7's world cannot work if the summon beasts are at the core of it. Like, it has to be fundamentally different than what it is. And the temptation to keep using the summon beasts as, like, some sort of warring gods is just, like, exhausting, because it's like, oh, it's, it's this again. We're doing this shit again. Uh, and, like, I just, I'm done. I just, less of this, I don't need it. <laughs> You, you've explored the approximately three angles you can explore that from now. Uh, let's see. Okay, heading the next one. Will you play Ever Ever Crisis just for the lore? To go back to question number four, not if it has gotcha elements, I won't. Like, if it was a strict, like, this game is a game where you purchase chapters, sure, I could maybe go in for that. I probably wouldn't have a great time with it, because I just don't like playing games on phone that much, but I could at least enjoy some aspects of it. But as far as I can tell, it's got gotcha elements, so uh, on principle, I cannot play it. <laughs> maybe if it was a collectible card game. Gross. That is Wheel's Weakness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still uh, haven't played uh, Marvel Snap, so... I'm kind of shocked by that. Just seems to be a huge mark for that. Looks a little, just looks a little too simple for my case. Have you played what? What did you say, Tam? Oh, I was asking if you played Midnight Suns. Yes. Very fun game. Let's see... Um, but yeah, nah, I'll be, like, unless I'm told in no uncertain terms that there are no gotcha elements in FF7 Ever Crisis, which I will eat my head if that's the case, uh, I, I'll just be skipping it as much as I would enjoy just playing weird, fucked up, reimagined events from the FF7 timeline. It's, it's not happening. Um, uh, uh this one's... Straight down the middle for me. How scared is Sega of just letting Kiryu go away? Or are they just scared of dropping the beat-em-up gameplay? Uh, I mean, it's one of those situations where, like, he's got name value. He's popular. They're never going to let him just leave. I'm not sure I would define it as scared so much as, <coughs> to them, it's leaving money on the table. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, like a Dragon 7 uh, absolutely did well enough that they would not be concerned that, oh, it's impossible to sell a game without Kiryu in this franchise. Uh, Judgment absolutely did well enough that they uh, would not think it's impossible to sell a game in this franchise without Kiryu. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's not like there's a reason that they can't use Kiryu, so they're going to keep using him because he's popular and you can keep selling things with him in addition to the things that don't have him. So, you know, until it becomes a problem to procure his voice actor, I think, like, at that point they might uh, decide that, like, okay, we'll let him rest because the 
the cost of recasting him and the general backlash that would come with it might become a problem. Or, or it uh, could be a problem because of their social... Um, oh, God. You know, when certain voice actors die, they don't always recast because of their significance to the role. Yeah, but that's always very malleable. I mean, like... It's it, yeah. well in Japanese culture, it's it's considered um, disrespectful to recast a voice actor in, in many cases. Um, to some extent, like, but then of course you'll also get like this Dragon Ball voice actor died, and they had someone lined up within a week. Yeah, so it also depends on on you know what the franchise is too. People hate leaving money on the table. Um, it's it's one of those things like. It, if you were to ask me, I would say that that would be, like, if uh, they had to recast, that would be the most likely time that you would see them put Kiryu on the shelf for a while. Uh, let's see, Gundam recasts all the time with UC titles. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, the original Char and Amaro are still around. I think at least one of them is, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if they want to make a new UC thing, they just sort of, if that voice actor is past or unavailable, even though they're iconic, it's fine. We will get someone else because we are not going to not make more UC Gundam if we want to. Um, but yeah, I think this is more a case of we can continue on without Kiryu, but we don't have to, so we won't. <laughs> uh... Which is, voice actors. which is their choice. They can, they can, you know, oh, they're yeah, allowed no, to make that. Yeah, I think the question was more if, uh, if we think that, uh, like a dragon, if they're concerned that the franchise can't survive without Kiryu, and I think it's, the answer is that they've shown that it probably can quite handily. It's just a case of, <coughs> they don't have to, they don't have to test that, and they don't have to not include Kiryu, and, of course, at this point, there's also the question of, like, the people making these games have a long-standing relationship with that voice actor, so there's also that aspect of why they would, you know, potentially want to just keep bringing Kiryu back, because they like the, they like the guy. They've worked with him many times. He's been a good, you know, loyal person to work with, so why wouldn't you throw a bit more work his way? Um... Uh, but yeah, so that that would be my thought process. Would be uh, it's less that they're concerned that like a dragon can't soldier on without Kiryu, so much as soldiering on without Kiryu is leaving money on the table. Um, what are the chances of Toxic Commando going uh, the way of all of John Carpenter's movies, only getting the appreciation it deserves a decade later. It looked like it might have some degree of live service elements, so if that's the case, uh, I hope that's not what happens, because... who oh boy. Looks generic uh, as fuck. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, like... It, it looked like the sort of thing that's probably some... has at least some degree of live service element, but... It's interesting... Uh, to, it'll be interesting to see what gets done with it. Uh, just because, like, John Carpenter is one of those guys that, like, you know, classic horror director, 
but also has been on record as just like really liking video games for decades. Like <coughs> going back to the original Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> huh. Like lo loves to talk about that shit. So uh, it's interesting because to this this it's unclear how involved he is with this because we only just saw like a trailer. Uh, you know, he allegedly, I seem to recall, he gave his blessing to the game that functioned as a The Thing sequel, uh, 20 years back, but, you know, he obviously wasn't super involved with that. I would be curious to see how involved he is with this. Um. And, yeah, uh, Fire Miner also brings up They Live and Escape from L.A. Uh... But yeah, like, Carpenter, you know, ex extremely talented man. Uh, done, you know, incredible work in film. Another one of those guys that, like, you know, made, made a shit ton of money, knows he doesn't have to work unless he wants to, so kind of only sort of does things when he feels like it. <laughs> so if they actually got his attention on this and, like, are actually retaining his services, I'd be very interested to see what comes out of it. Uh, honestly, more so than what that trailer showed, because that trailer showed very little, and what it showed was mostly just like there will be things, there will be zombies and cars and things to shoot. Uh, but you know, I, I'm interested in what he has to bring to the table if they successfully got him to yeah. uh, be involved. Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't completely ignore it whatsoever is that name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, uh, the trailer showed me nothing of interest. Yeah, but yeah, uh, ho hopefully you know something interesting comes out of it. Uh, should we talk about the history of multiplayer in Sonic games? What history? There's like the bad two-player modes in some of the old games. Did Heroes uh, have multiplayer? No, it didn't. Also, it's really fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's, it seems like it's made for, it, it seems like it's made for multiplayer but also the engine could never have sustain, sustained it uh like that game uh especially on ps2 that game runs like shit um on gamecube it runs okay but then it's undone by its fundamentally bad level design um i think there's like a bad multiplayer mode in like shadow the hedgehog it's been it's been a very long time. Um, see, Fireminer brings up Knuckles Chaotix. I mean, that game is like <clears throat> there's a million reasons why if you're spending your time playing Knuckles Chaotix with a friend, you aren't going to be friends by the end the by the end of your time with Knuckles Chaotix. Um, oh, Sonic Boom: Rise of Lyric had God, that did have. Oh Lord. Okay, yeah. So Sonic Superstars might be the first. Uh, Sonic game, good Sonic game with multiplayer, uh, or Sonic game with good multiplayer. It has the potential. Yeah, I mean, Sonic Boom actually wasn't that bad. It was just buggy. It's it's, it's one fine. of those things where like where it was like a kind of mediocre game that uh, it was a buggy and mediocre game that got ginned up into being like the worst. Like people immediately wanted to compare it to Sonic 06, which was also a buggy game. But the ideas in Sonic Boom were mostly kind of just 
like generic and mediocre, whereas Sonic 06 was fundamentally misguided on many levels. But yeah, uh, Knuckle Knuckles Chaotix uh, might actually, even though it seems like it's designed for co-op, it might actually be worse for co-op than any of the others because it expects both players to sort of be keeping track of what's going on. Whereas like in Sonic 2 and 3, the co-op player is like in baby mode the entire time. Like they're unkillable weirdos. Uh, in Knuckles Chaotix, like it's just, please run with me. Why the fuck are you not? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you just running away from me? Why are we ping-ponging back and forth over and over? And that's, that's the experience playing Knuckles Chaotix together. Um, I remember playing a ROM hack of uh, Sonic 2 with a friend over Netplay that added co-op, like proper co-op, and the Knuckles Chaotix rubber bands to it. And uh, at the end of it, <laughs> it was it was me saying none of what just happened is my fault, and my friend. Uh, yelling, your fault, motherfucker, we are no longer friends. <laughs> and uh, uh, luckily, we are friends to this day, but we have not played that together since. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, th th that would be my response to what that has felt like. And, you know, uh, if you just want to make things chaotic, and that seems to be what they're doing with Sonic Superstars, like that, that works. You just got to make a game that fits around it the way that New Super Mario Brothers was uh, built around that. So, I, and it looks like you know, it looks like they did. Also, uh, this is the return of Naoto Oshima to a Sonic game, oh. which uh, you know, good good pick me up after having been party to the tragedy of Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I so, guess he screwed up bad enough one way. They, he was looking for a new job. I mean, the the entire Balan team got canned. Uh, but yeah, uh, Oshima, you know, generally a talented character designer, uh, original Sonic uh, artist, hasn't worked in the series since Sonic Adventure. So good to see him get a homecoming. And they're they're doing the. The, the 2D Sonic games are also the ones where they throw in a lot of, like, here's here's this, like, weird-ass old character that uh, the fans love that hasn't shown up in forever. So, like, the end of that trailer it just shows the return of uh, uh, Fang the Sniper, a.k.a. Knack the Weasel, uh, who was initially who, like, I don't think he's reappeared in a, like, proper capacity since Sonic the Fighters. And, like, the main game that he was in to begin with was Sonic Triple Trouble, which was one of the Game Gear games. So, like, he's one of those ones that, like, fans have, like, a deep, maladjusted uh, uh, adoration for Fang. But, you know, he's one of those ones that they're, they, they, you almost never pull the trigger on actually bringing back. So... You know, it, it looks like it looks like a good time. It looks like a good time. Should be fun. Uh, yeah. Um, now that we have another 2D Prince of Persia, can I ask how the hell did the original managed to be that popular? I can't remember how many times I gave up on it. Uh, well, it helps to re recall it in the context of being an Apple II game. Yeah. 
for just for the uh, like, it's it's got to be like very early. Like what year was it? It's very early. Um, I, I vaguely remember the it being on the NES. I didn't own it, but I I knew about that version. Yeah, I want to say it's originally an Apple II game, but I might be misremembering. No, no, Apple II. Uh, so let me see if I can get like a hard release date on when the very first one came out. Yeah, it's a, it's a very late Apple II game, because it's late 80s. But it's an old-ass game uh, on a system that wasn't exactly uh, brimming uh, with options at the time. Uh, it was originally a PC game, uh, and it needed to adhere itself to the limitations of the PC platform at that time. So you could not uh, do fast scrolling, uh, especially on that Apple II version. Um, and and generally, uh, it 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 very much adheres itself to those uh, kinds of limitations. It's an unfriendly game, but also for its time, the use of rotoscoping techniques on the animation is very, very impressive for the time. Uh, it's uh, generally... You remember when Mac Gaming was cool thanks to Sierra, and then Doom came just... <laughs> oh, don't get wheels started on Mac Gaming. Um, Not even gonna bring it up. <laughs> we can do a special podcast about that someday. Um... Um, you know, nah, I'm not set with Apple. <laughs> you get to reminisce on the good times and mostly the bad times because a lot of it was like, oh, this port's never coming out. Um, but yeah, so the 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 other things to keep in mind about Prince of Persia is just that like it's an entire style of platforming that sort of sprung off from it. Oh, also Fire Miner. Max got the better first-person shooter. Thank you. God, okay. we're not doing the marathon thing. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what, I, what I was going to say about it was that... Uh, <laughs> Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg is complaining that Diablo 4 hasn't gotten on Mac yet. I read that article. That Apparently happen. Whoopi Goldberg is a huge Diablo fan. Yeah. Okay. That's uh wow. Okay, moving moving back to this Prince of Persia point. Um somebody get Woody a nice PC laptop. <laughs> oh think she needs you to buy it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> In any case. Uh, the thing I would say about Prince of Persia is just that, you know, there's, there is something to be said for novelty as well. Like, it birthed an entire subgenre of platformers. Uh, like that entire, like, things like, uh, Another World and Flashback, definitely, or Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey and Exodus. Those definitely owe direct debt to Prince of Persia. That is the style of platformer they are, um, and just in general, like it was, it was different. It did not function like other platformers, and that gave it that gave it something, you know. 
uh, you know, because there's there were tons of things that were just like, here's Mario or Sonic, but bad. Like, plenty of options for that. But, you know, there wasn't much like Prince of Persia at the time. Um, and of course, like, uh, early 3D platformers are hugely influenced by Prince of Persia as well. The uh, original Tomb Raider games are very much an attempt to turn that kind of platformer into 3D. Um, so, you know, there's there's something to be said for being unique. You you don't invite as many cruel comparisons when you're unique, even when you're super frustrating. And Prince, the original Prince of Persia is super frustrating, but it's different. Uh, it's you know got a great sense of style. It's got gorgeous art direction for its time. And it's very different from anything else that you could play at the time. So that's that's what I would credit the uh, long-standing <coughs> interest uh, and popularity of Prince of Persia to. How popular were Flashback and Out of This World when they came out? Certainly they had, at the very least, a cult following at the time. Uh, Especially Out of This World. Yeah. Uh, to the point where Out of This World does have a sequel, even if it's not one anyone wants to acknowledge. And so does Flashback, actually. Another sequel no one wants to acknowledge. Go, go don't, go, don't play uh, Heart of the Alien and Fade to Black, the respective sequels to those games. Um, I actually heard of both of those. Yep. Uh, Heart of the Alien, I feel like, gets a little more recognition uh, just by virtue of uh, being looking a lot more like the original. Uh, Fade to Black is just a completely different, early, ugly-ass 3D shooter. Very bad. Um, but, yeah. Um, it's one of those things like... Uh, and then, of course, there's always the... Uh, one of the old jokes that was once made about deeply influential band The Velvet Underground, uh, which was that maybe a hundred people ever bought any of their records, but every single one of them started a band. Uh, and that'll, uh, that'll, that'll engender long-lasting success in its own way, but it's also worth noting that uh, Prince of Persia actually was quite popular in Japan. Uh, I forget who is responsible for the majority of those ports, but there are a bunch of Japanese versions of Prince of Persia, and it did quite well. There's a bunch of uh, ports to all manner of systems by Japanese developers. It had a cult following around the world, so... <laughs> yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's have one more one question from the, the big list. Uh make sure that we are keeping up with our New Year's resolution. Okay. In the last century, there were very loose adaptations of foreign works of art. Think Toei, Spider-Man, and Chinese Star Wars comics. Are there any video games like that? Um, you could pull some, like, avowed ones, like Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is a very strange take on Journey to the West. Uh, oh, Seven Samurai 20XX. Anyone ever see that? No. That was oh, a, the, ga the game? 
Yeah, that was a PS2 game. Uh, reimagine like futuristic reimagining of Seven Samurai. It's not very good. Oh yes, yes. I I I, I think I actually own it. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, that would be another one where it's like this is a weird, loose adaptation of Seven Samurai that uh, doesn't really work. Sounds good. Cool. It's a cool idea. Like the idea of Seven Samurai. You can put Seven Samurai in a lot of different contexts, as we have learned through many years. Uh, See also. All right, I heard the twenty. Uh, I, I I thought you said twenty XX, and I was like, wasn't that a SNES game? No, 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 no. no. Uh, there is Samurai. a there is a game yeah. for the SNES that has twenty. Yeah, XX. that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I own the Seven Samurai Twenty XX too. Yeah, the PS2 or game. XX. game. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But I mean, Seven Samurai as a concept stands up to being transplanted into a number of things, as you can tell by something like the Magnificent Seven. But, uh. Yeah, Seven, Seven Samurai 20XX is just. It's a weird, loose remake. It's not very good, but it is very much this kind of thing. <laughs> Funny thing is, Seven Samurai 20XX came out. Same time as a very loose anime, yeah, seven uh, anime adaptation of seven, seven Samurai. I think they called it Samurai Seven for some ungodly reason. They were parts of an anniversary project or something. Yeah, it was like the fiftieth anniversary, I think, at that point. But uh, yeah, that, that was what was going on with that. Was like that's why it happened. But it is still like it's a weird ass remake for uh, some reason. And yeah, uh, I never saw Samurai 7. I can't imagine that it's worse than 7 Samurai 20XX, which again, kind of a shame. Futuristic 7 Samurai is a cool idea. Not well, part of the anime. I, well, I mean, I own the game, but I did see a good chunk of the anime. It, it wasn't good. It was it was odd. Yeah, that was all all the things that I'd ever heard about it. It seemed like kind of a, the, the whole anniversary project was kind of bust. Um... But uh, anyone who hasn't seen the original I think Seven part Samurai, of the reason they were doing it was because samurais were kind of big at the time. I mean, because you had like Samurai Jack, there was Samurai Champaloo that came out around that same time too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that they were really writing any coattails. It was just like, hey, this is having an anniversary, and it's a big important flick. Let's do a thing. Uh, but yeah, also anyone who hasn't actually watched the original Seven Samurai, definitely get around to that. It holds up very well. Um, you can see why that and a number of Kurosawa's other uh, samurai flicks routinely get their plots and century entirely stolen. <laughs> uh, when you see Yojimbo, you'll also see... Uh, realize that you've seen a number of things that have essentially stolen its plot as well. Oh, Yojimbo, that makes me realize another new, a news item we forgot about. What's that? Oh! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shredder's uh, Revenge DLC! Shredder's Revenge DLC featuring uh, Miyamoto Usagi, aka Usagi Yojimbo. Yes. Looks fun. Can't wait. Yeah. And honestly, let's be real. Every version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles deserves to cross over with Usagi Yojimbo at least once. Yes. 
<laughs> like that is there. It, it feels like when when they don't get the chance, it means that something happened that was uh, that was fundamentally wrong. Whether it be uh, ill conception in terms of the next mutation, or whether it be that something that they were cut off before they should have been, like uh, Rise of the TMNT. Yeah. Have you seen the 2012 one? Uh, I've not seen Usagi. No, I've not. It's very good. But yeah, Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was in one of the later seasons where they did a lot of like neat one-off stories. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, and then one more uh, question that got brought up uh, that is adjacent to this. Uh, isn't it weird that the best TMNT games uh, remain to be made by Japanese studios? I think that's as much like because Konami, at the height of their powers, got hold of the license very early on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Tribute isn't a Japanese company, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not. There you go. It's, uh, although they're obviously heavily inspired by some of those old games, but still. Yeah. It's also worth noting that Konami also had control of the license for a large portion of the PS2 lifetime, PS2's lifetime and made just unmitigated trash. Yeah. Uh, the PS2 TMNT games, based on the 2003 series that is very good, uh, are very bad. Yeah, I'm so uh, bummed that those newer series have very few good games to their name other than that very good Metroidvania game. Yeah, there's the good Metroidvania game... Uh, the Smash clone that Ubisoft made was pretty solid, although it was made by Game Arts, which was the people that they had, con had been contracted to make uh, Brawl, so that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things like uh, every everyone's kind of living in the shadow of what Konami made. Uh, although if you look at it, uh, when you look at that first... Uh, NES TMNT game they made. Uh, it is very funny that like that game's not looked upon fondly, but the <coughs> ports of it for other things are even worse by <laughs> order of magnitude. Uh, there are two different ports of it to the Amiga, and they're both completely awful. <laughs> which is beautiful. Like one of them was made in Europe, and one of them was made in Canada. Amiga. Uh, yeah, I had um, Amiga. Before I had a Windows, I said I had an Amiga before we had a Windows PC. Uh, did you play any Amiga games? Yeah, some Sierra stuff, some Lemmings, oh, Christmas yeah. Lemmings That's actually. Oh no! Oh, more Christmas lemmings. lemmings is fun. Yeah, I've. Lemmings I, is good. I, I, I'm. No, uh, yeah, I miss Lemmings games. I'm going to get up on my soapbox very briefly to say what the, like, I, I can't think of a game series that should have, should be, like, dominating, uh, like, fucking uh, phone game charts, or should have been at least ten years ago, that uh, got pissed down the rights owner's leg because Sony owns it because they bought Stygnosis. Oh. They the only times they've ever revisited it for, was for a bad PSP remake and a bad Vita remake. Mm. That's like this. It, it is it is hard to communicate how huge Lemmings was at one time. Oh yeah, 
Like, like just, just for, for anyone who, you know, like the, the youngest part of whatever audience might end up listening to this, it is hard to describe how ubiquitous Lemmings was in the mid-90s. see. I mean, there was a Christmas I mean, Lemmings that should tell you a lot. <laughs> you just put Lemmings I anything. Firemeyer says Lemmings on PS Vita wasn't that bad. And it's like, Although yeah, the, it wasn't the, horrible. The last map of Lemmings Christmas on the initial mode, oh my god, that was a tough map. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, Lemmings on Vita is not a bad thing. It's just, it should have been available. on Like, that should be, like a huge brand in, like, Sony's attempt to uh, build out to casual gamers. Like, that yeah. should be huge. But they don't do that. <laughs> They've just, like, pissed that brand down their leg, which is a shame, because that was a huge game that had a broad appeal. <sighs> and, yeah, well... Like, there's a very decent chance that given the way that Sony's approaching games now, we'll just never see it again. Yep. <laughs> just never. Uh, at least not not until, like, there's a complete paradigm shift in how they're approaching their legacy uh, content. But, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's our questions for today. We actually have a bunch of questions from last week that we'll need to get to, but they're very comic booky, and I didn't have it in me to wrangle you for those. Oh. <laughs> Can we do one of them? Sure, sure. Uh, okay, there's here's some quick ones. Uh, Carnage of the Secret Super Final Boss for Spider-Man 2. Yes or no? No. No. Um, a Carnage is highly... Listen, I enjoy some Carnage on occasion. A highly overrated villain. He's a dude that cannot carry a story. He like yeah. I expect that we'll see him in Spider-Man 3, but he's going to be a character that like is strictly like the dangerous muscle for the actual villain <laughs> yeah and then inevitably betrays them because it's it's carnage um but and yeah Carn carnage is literally about carnage that's all he cares about so it's hard to get him to go yeah. in on plans the best story <laughs> i read involving carnage was I think issue one of New Avengers, where that Supermanish guy whose name is escaping me for something, was it the Sentry or something? Whatever. That sounds correct, yeah. But whatever, he uh, takes Carnage into space and rips him in half. <laughs> that is the best story involving Carnage I have read. Yeah, he's, he's very bombastic, yeah. but I think the, like, the issue you'd run into with the Insomniac Spider Man games, they, they really rely on that emotional punch. Yeah. And so, uh, I can't, like, Spider-Man, like, Carnage is a villain with no emotional weight whatsoever. That's why you kind of have to have Venom in those stories, too, or it doesn't even work. Just, he he kind know. of, he, yeah, he kind of exists to give you a reason to root for Venom, because yeah. that's something people want. Uh, but, yeah. Okay, yeah, but, well, yeah. But there's... Sorry to bring carry this on, but there's better ways to have people root for Venom. Like when Spider-Man and Venom have weird te team ups. What was it called? Like Lethal Protectors or something? There is a Lethal Protector storyline. Yeah, that's a much better way to make people want to root for Venom, and much more interesting, and with plenty of comedic potential than making a stupid, more eviler symbiote who just wants to kill. Whenever I think of 
Venom and Spider-Man teaming up. I think of the Neversoft Spider-Man game from 2000 that just has, like, uh, them teaming up because there's a bunch of symbiote shit going on, but, like, it's all, like, a plot by Doc Ock. But, like, you know, they just know that there's symbiote shit going on and that they're, like, their goals are aligned for that. And so Spider-Man is trying to figure shit out and Venom is just being obnoxious the entire time. <laughs> yeah, see, see. I, that's how you do a good Venom story, where you can root yeah. for him. You you must have played that game, though, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely love that game. It's like one of my favorite okay, yeah, games. I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> that must have been like a huge game for you because that game is incredible. I played that on Mac. Oh man, inside Mac gaming. That game, yeah, that game. It hasn't aged the greatest, but it's still a lot of fun. It's it's one of those things where like just the just it, it's got the writing of like just a fun like yeah five five issue arc or something that Stanley voiceover is great the Stanley voiceover that version that that Peter Parker voice is like burned into my head as like the voice of adult Peter Parker it's just like yeah no it's just he, he's you know and it's you know probably in his mid thirties but yeah. he's very used to the Spider Man bit. Uh, and you know he's he's doing a, a relatively lighthearted adventure. Like that was that was great. For that. Um. Well, that reminds me. I randomly found a copy of Spider-Man: Edge of Time when I was in the retro. Oh, that's a weird ass game. Yeah, so we're gonna have to do some kind of stream of that. Yeah, spider streams. Uh, let's see. Yeah. We'll hit another one of these just to make sure that we're hitting more of these. Is there an upper limit to references any modern superhero can, game can make? Just how far back in the past can you reach before the difference becomes so obscure to be uh, too obscure to be dis considered fan service? Like how many seventy-somethings who read Spider-Man at uh, Ditko Spider-Man Run would play Spider-Man Two? Well, there's always the obsessive man-children among us that will look up the references and yeah. laugh. I think it depends on how like upfront your references it are, and how many of them are just oh, I found this collectible backpack, and there's a reference in there. Yeah, I'm <laughs> the background is a lot less obtrusive than yeah. assuming that everyone cares about you know the big wheel. <laughs> uh, I care about the big wheel, but yeah, uh, if if you're going to reference something. That's obscure and uh, center stage it. You have to make it make sure that the uh, that your new interpretation is worth it on its own. Yeah. But yeah, if you're just doing background details, then it doesn't like people don't have to get the reference. It, on some level, the joke is just that it is a reference, and it doesn't matter if you understand it. <laughs> also, brief sidebar actual best Carnage stories are where Norman Osborn has the, the Carnage symbiote and it is the Red Goblin. That is way better. Ah, uh, so that's what they'll do for Spider-Man 3. <laughs> that I would like way more than just Carnage. <coughs> Speaking of someone who was super psyched to play Maximum Carnage back in the day. I played a ton of Maximum Carnage with yeah. friends. But yeah, How do you feel about Spider-Man slash Venom separation anxiety? I don't really remember it very much. It's just Maximum Carnage too. Yeah, that's what I figured. 
But yeah, that was a villain that seemed really cool at the time. That looking back, it's just like he's just edgy and wants to kill everything. Yeah, yeah. Venom has aged much more gracefully into being like a character with a meaning behind him. Carnage. Well, they, they've, they've also expanded like, uh-huh. on Venom more. Carnage, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, like Carnage still is stuck in. Yeah, I'm Carnage. Yeah. I will kill everything. You know, and the cool thing about Venom too is they've done like different people having the symbiote, like Flash yeah. Thompson. He's he's a little different <laughs> every with every person he bonds with. Yeah, and I think he's currently on Eddie Brock's son. So, it's <laughs> lots of cool things you can do with that character. There's a lot wrong with the Raimi Spider-Man three, but I will say that. Uh, Eddie Brock going to a church to pray for Peter Parker's death is still one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> uh, that movie. That wasn't even a character he wanted to include, but that scene kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Took you so long enough to beat that thing? Let's, uh, this is let's, Master Rank Hunts, dude. They're all long. Let's uh, close this out then. Okay. Uh, so who so, wants to tell me about princesses and pizza? Well, since Gaijin isn't here, I will just briefly say that there is uh, that you can read about princesses, pizza parlors, and the uh, regrettable dice rolling choices that go along with them via Amazon, uh, on Amazon via Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, or even in paperback book format, if that's your preference. Um, they're collected into over 10 stories at this point, plus a very, very long paralogue. Uh, but, Some of the uh, stories have been collected into... Um... Yeah, m- most of them are available as uh, paperbacks by this point, but I think there's like I think the most recent one probably isn't in a paperback yet. But, uh, you know, those, uh, those options are there. You get to enjoy uh, the nature of... Uh, a story told via uh, people playing an RPG is, uh, is so popular now, but with more structured narrative and uh, people that are not uh, going to suddenly make you wish that you didn't know them, which uh, that's, that's one of the advantages <laughs> in many ways. Um, but yeah, so, you know, give that give it a look. That's available on Amazon again uh, under... Uh, you can find it by searching for author Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. <sighs> Tam, tell us about what we can find on the RP Gamer streams. You can find a lot of streams from a lot of different staff members of RPGamer.com. Uh, seven days a week. Um including a podcast uh, that happens on Saturday. So uh, I generally stream Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, One of the site owners, Paula, she usually streams Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. Uh, We have uh, diving for spare parts or dungeon crawling for spare parts with spare, spare ombres on Saturdays. Scar has a retro wheel and hair frog just rambles. And we have uh, oh, Peter Harmony, Peter. who's been playing uh, the various Final Fantasy VII games. Oh, there's a lot of those. Yeah, he he did he did his first play ever of Final Fantasy VII original with mm-hmm. mods, and uh, now he's going through the remake of Crisis Core. Oh, Reunion! That's a very good remake. 
So, yeah, no, um, he's he's having some good times with it. But yeah, Hairfrog rambles. I'm a little scared for if uh, if he goes on to play uh, some of the other things, like Dirt of Cerberus. Don't play that. Um, yeah. Oh, Hairfrog is... Uh, for the content. You know what? I am going to uh, tag you. By the way, you need to change your name. I don't want to change my Do name. Go? No, it's the mandatory name. Th I'm talking to David because it's the mandatory name thing for Discord now. Oh, I already changed mine. Like I am already. Uh, oh, it just set. it just has like a bunch of dots now. What the heck? I don't even see the dots on my end. I yeah, it's weird. Yeah, when I see <laughs> the a... system. The people do not like the new name system. Anyways, but yeah. Yeah. So. But... Whole bunch of people streaming, whole bunch of games. Uh, I'm actually covering for pause this week, so I am on tomorrow morning again. Ah. Well, it'll be hard for people. Like, that will be in the past by then, but uh, by the time most people see this. But uh, give that, uh, maybe check that out. And, uh, yeah, pause is uh, playing <laughs> Persona 3. Ugh. Oh, just in time for the reload. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, oh, that. Apparently, Persona 3 is her favorite Persona. Oh, Some people are I'm like that. Gonna be fired. Um, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You're not going to be fired. You'll just be rehired at a lower pay grade. I get paid? When did that happen? Okay, so you have to pay them now instead. <laughs> <laughs> the joke uh, is we're a volunteer. We're a volunteer site. No one, no one here makes any money except yes. for the owners. Yeah. On occasion. <laughs> but in conclusion, if we all test to uh, has to pay the site owners now, I will be uh, I'll take charge of those payments and make sure they reach the right uh, make sure they reach the right people. So just uh, if you're watching way. live on Twitch, be sure to click that like. No, wait. No, why am I talking like a YouTuber? No like button. The follow and subscribe. Follow and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. To have an ad-free... I, I give up. <laughs> I deserve free money. <laughs> just, just watch us. Just watch us. We enjoy the company. Yeah. Uh, but if you yeah, want me to waste more money on more stupid games, click that subscribe button. Oh, does this mean there's a new Neptunia <laughs> coming? Sweet lord. Yeah, we also buy that regardless. Yeah, that's, that's coming. Yeah. That's the point. I mean, let's face it, Neptunia is stupid games. We, uh, Wheels and I love the Neptunia games, but oh, they're yeah, stupid. This, they're really stupid, and I don't care. I'll buy them all. <laughs> okay, I'm not I'm, I'm not here to diagnose that. Moving on. Um, so, yeah, if you would like to ask us questions like Dear Friend Fireminer and, uh, did... Oh, wait, I, I, I would feel bad if I... I would feel remiss since he popped into our chat. You should check out uh, our dear friend of the show, Smokin' Joe Gamers, uh, Twitch... Uh, streams and youtube channel haven't been able to check in this week so i'm not sure what he's been up to but i'm sure it's a good time and of course the bots are available on his youtube channel that's smoking joe gamer that's capitalized where it makes sense and doesn't have weird numbers in it anymore um so give that a look um also thank you to pew for monster hunting with me on this particular stream you desperately needed the help um, i do need the help because uh, monster master level quests are really, really, really hard. Thank you. Master of the monster slayer. Um, but yeah, 
but yeah, so you can ask us questions. You can ask us questions in the uh, Discord. If you go to rpgamer.com and go to community, you will find invites to the Discord. Uh, even if you don't tend to ask us questions, it's a lovely community, but we do love ask, uh, getting questions. Thank you once again to Fireminer for popping in to uh, give a bit more seasoning to our uh, show this week. Uh, if you, you can also ask us questions by leaving comments under this episode on rpgamer.com. No one has done that for the past few weeks, but I know that... Uh, uh, a few a few people like to do that on occasion, and we always appreciate seeing it, so just leaving that option open. Um, no one has yet, but you can find me on Mastodon.social as uh, AskWheels, <coughs> if you are oh, on that back platform. Again. What? Sorry, I'm going back to the 20XX. It was Excalibur20XX. That's oh, the yeah, that, that fucking thing. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. No worries. Uh, but yeah, you can ask us questions there. Um, you can also, if you catch us while we're streaming, which happens at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern on Thursdays for the time being, uh, you can ask us questions there. We always love uh, interacting with people asking questions in the chat. Otherwise, uh, you can... Uh, other, otherwise, I think... Oh yeah, we also have Shenanigans, our Sunday night show, where for the time being we're playing some Street Fighter VI. Uh, yes. Had a great time with that last week. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will also probably be playing some Miles Morales uh, pre-Street Fighter mm-hmm. for the next few weeks. So yeah. grab that on PC. And, and then immediately regretted it. <coughs> I eventually got it to work on Steam Deck by switching oh to God. desktop mode and running it from there. I have, oh, that no, I have no earthly idea why that works. Because I was like, yeah, oh, well, maybe it'll work in regular mode now. It didn't. It did not. So I, I got nothing. Yeah, but no guesses. Yeah, yeah, it does work on my regular PC, so I can stream it from there anyway. But yeah. Fair uh, for yeah. obvious for obvious reasons, I'm in the mood for some Spider-Man, and that is the shorter of the two games, so the easier to replay. It's a very concise 8-12 to 12 hour game. Yes. And I'm playing it on normal because I want to get to New Game Plus, so I won't even get stuck anywhere. Because it's on badly mode. That would be... <clears throat> I don't know, I know some of the costumes you can only unlock in New Game Plus. But yeah, uh, I'll be messing around with that. Assuming no further technical issues. Because uh, once, once I did get it running on my PC, I, on two attempts, swung inside buildings and could not escape. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't see that on PS5. Nope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's shenanigans that'll be happening on... Uh, Sunday night at 9 Pacific, midnight Eastern. So, you know, maybe give that luck if you can. But otherwise, I think that finishes our plugs. So, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. Yeah.